Hey guys, it's Nathan. This is episode number 87 of The Nathan Seawood Show. The Nathan Seawood Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a wonderful start to the week. Recording on a Wednesday today instead of Monday. There's been a lot going on. Excited to bring on my guest today. My guest is uh, Marshall Gillen. Uh, Marshall and I have been introduced to each other from a mutual friend. I've been following him online for probably a year, a year and a bit. He's super high energy. He's got a ton of value to share. Very open about his own journey, which you'll see when we start talking to each other. And let's not waste time in introductions. Let's just get Marshall on the show. Hey, what's going oh, on, Marshall. man? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good to see you, man. Hey, dude. It's a, thank you so much for having me, brother. I know that uh, you know it's been uh, it's scheduling conflict here and there, and uh, it's been really cool that you've stuck with it. And I'm super appreciative to be here on this platform with you, man. Yeah, man. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for making the time. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Scheduling is always a funny thing. Like sometimes I get a bit caught up in it, but I found that these things happen when they're ready to happen, and I think right. I feel the Good same point. thing. Yeah. So where do we find you? You're uh, out of the West Coast. Yeah, so I'm in San Diego, California. I've been here for about 13 years now, but I originally grew up in a farm in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And oh, right. so it's a Comic-Con weekend out here in San Diego. So it's this big like <laughs> comic festival. It's like 400,000 people will be in town. And so even though I've been here for 13 years, there's still that farm boy inside of me that like, you know, 400,000 people come to town. I'm like, oh, I feel a little crowded here, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, totally. We had uh, World Gay Pride here like two weekends ago. Oh yeah, so we had five million people, and I live in Chelsea. I live like right in the middle of the gay area, and so it was epic. The you know Friday was amazing, yeah. Saturday was amazing, Sunday was amazing, and then like four p.m. I was like, I'm just gonna hide I'm in done. my bedroom and yeah, watch Netflix. This is too much. Too I get it. What, what are you watching on Netflix right now? Anything good? Anything I don't know I about? Am. Yeah, I'm getting into Shit's Creek. Oh, that was good. I watched the first two seasons of that. So, I like it. So funny. So for me, like like Eugene Levy is the ultimate dad character, like in in any movie, American Pie, whatever. And so, God, I just love him to pieces. I don't know. He's like an epic improviser as well. Like I'm so impressed by his improv. He's he's just such a classic like character actor. It's um, I mean, I know how old you are. I'm 34, and so like American Pie came out like right in my wheelhouse, and I was like, (laughs) yeah, when I was young, you know. And Eugene Levy, I fell in love with him then. You're right, like every everything I can watch with Eugene Levy now, it's just he's so funny. He just kills that dad character so well. (laughs) He does, and the thing I love about him and you know, in particular from an improv standpoint, is he only has to like move an eyebrow or like yeah. his face and the whole like scene changes. Yeah. He doesn't have to say anything. And yeah, that's and it, that's his classic move, right? Like that that the bewildered yeah. eyebrow, like in only Eugene Levy can do. Huge eyebrows. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. Cool. So I'm getting a lot of that out of that. I'm enjoying that a lot. Reading some good books at the moment. So yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. I just started reading, this is like going to make me sound way more intelligent than I am, but I just started reading Gandhi's autobiography. I'm really obsessed oh, yeah. with like changing the world right now like yeah. in a big yeah. way and how like one person can have massive impact. I think it's, um, I'll have to check that out. I'm obsessed with it too. I think that's one of the things that we were kind of uh, chit-chatting about yesterday. We're like, oh, yeah. we'll see how deep, how deep we get. Like, let's get deep on this and, and we might get weird. Who knows? And, um, but that, I, I'm, I'm with it, bro. I've been like fascinated lately with just spirituality and, and learning more about like, this unity that, that I'm starting to believe that it's all about, right? It's crazy. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's interesting to me, you know, I don't sort of buy into this, you know, it's tough times, it's challenging times, we're in challenging, you know, I don't really want to look at the world like that. I think the world just is what it is in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so the way I look at it is how do I deploy my energy and my time so that I can have the highest impact? And just yeah. looking at these cases like Martin Luther King, like Gandhi, where one person could have a tremendous impact, you know, with their lives on millions of people. I just, right. I want to understand that and want to understand how that happens. Well, so it's, I've been, I, so, so I'll be, I'll share something that's been on my mind. Okay. Yes. And literally, and literally you guys, it's, this is, if you're hearing this, it's like two days old. So I don't know when you're listening to this recording, but just know that. So I've been on this thing lately, Nathan, where I'm like, okay, so what happens when we die? Right? Like, what is this thing? And, and this is not, a, I'm not here to force beliefs on anybody, anything like this, but I'm like, okay, well, what, this, to get to what your question is, uh, to get to what we're talking about overall arching, like, how do you make that make an impact? And this is how I've arrived at what I'm about to say. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like what happens when I die? I'm like, well, when I die, I just go to sleep and I never wake up. Like, that's going to be crazy, you know? So <laughs> then I start thinking, okay, well, what if I died right now today at 34? Like that would suck. I, I came so close. I, I came so close to unlocking it all that. And then now you're telling me, well, what if I do come back? Now you're telling me I have to start all over again. I have to go through childhood again. I, like all this stuff again. Like 
what? And so I'm finding that there's this, like this, such a human element of attachment, of ego, of like me. How do I, how do I take me? What about all the stuff I've done in this life? And I started thinking like, okay, cool, Marshall, you want to make a big impact. And your mission is how do you save a billion lives that save a billion lives? But then I really started to think, I was like, well, Marshall, if you believe that there's going to come a time when you go to sleep and never wake up, which is almost unfathomable, but isn't that any different than how could you ever wake up without ever going to sleep? And so I'm like, okay, cool. So let's just say that reincarnation does exist and that maybe my energy is transferred back to this earth somehow and I wake up as a baby. I'm like, instead of making all this big impact to save billions of lives, what if I just try to save myself? What if our goal on earth is not, is literally not to like do this self-serving thing, like so to speak, of in a material world, but what if it's just like when I come back as whatever energy I come back next, the Martin Luther Kings or the Marshall Gillens or the Nathan Seawards of the world, they made such a big impact that it's easier for me to remember how to get back to that enlightened state that Marshall Gillens actually at right now. So I'm going down to this, this like like two days ago, I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm going to stop trying to save everybody on this earth. And I'm just going to make sure that next time I come back, that Marshall Gillen made such a big impact that I leave a blueprint for myself because this shit's too good not to know. Right. And um, so that's why I'm kind of getting to this point now where I'm like, maybe this is how these guys make these big impacts is they're leaving this big message for themselves to remember. I don't know. Like I said, wow. I wasn't even, high. I wasn't even high when I thought that. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, super empowering <laughs> belief. I think like super empowering belief. I think it, it speaks to something you kind of went a step further with it, but just, just the idea of working on yourself being enough and working on yourself being the best way to change the world. Like yeah. Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. I've really been yeah. sitting with that a lot, you know, and it also takes a lot of pressure off, especially like when I'm, you know, working with my clients, they all want to change the world in some way. We're often working on their big mission. And so, yeah, trying to get them to just slow down and go, hey, you know, if all you do is live an incredible life where you work on yourself and you heal yourself so that you're not making the situation worse or you're not damaging relationships. Hey, you know, who's to say that's not on mission? I mean, I guess that's like my, as corny as it sounds, that's literally like, that's kind of like what I'm thinking. Uh, That's my number one goal every day. I wake up, the first thing I write in my journal with my goals is my dominant intent is to feel good today. Like, what if that's really all there is? Like, we're so worried about taking this action and hustling and grinding and like action, 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 which yes, there's a time for that, but we're taking so much uninspired action. We're looking around and comparing ourselves to everybody else. And then we're men like us or women too, but are being burnt out. And, you know, we're hating our lives or we're killing ourselves or dying with this regret. And I'm like, because we're all focused on these things we're supposed to have. I'm like, what if, what if legitimately it's just to feel good? Like I went horseback riding the other day on the beach for the first time ever. And I, I was on the back of a horse. We, ended up, I was like 30 miles an hour, like just cruising on this horse. Even the people, I, the, the guys I were with, like, oh my God, I couldn't believe that was awesome. And in that moment, Nathan, I just, I can't even tell you what I felt, bro. It was like the wind was blowing, the horse was going, I could feel the life and like, it was exhilarating and scared. It, I felt so alive and so amazing. And I thought to myself, I was like, wait a second, what is the goal I have in business? Oh, to make a million dollars to drive the Lamborghini. I go, okay. So I get the Lamborghini at first. And for that first second that I go zero to 60 and I get that feeling, isn't it going to feel just like it did on the back of the horse? And then is it really the Lamborghini I'm after? Or is it that feeling that I'm looking to create? And so that's where I'm really starting to live now. And what I've really been integrated into my clients is I've been so, so matter of fact and analytical and and action-based my whole life. I'm like, dude, no wonder I was so unhappy for so long. It's not the action doesn't create the emotion that creates the results. You first find the emotion that creates the inspired action that, that creates the results. And I think that's the mission I'm on now is about thinking of Gandhi and like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, what if it's not like, what if that doesn't mean go out and build, build the biggest nonprofit? What if it just means be the change you want to be, which means that like you feel good every day and that the people that come in contact, you make them feel good every day. What if it's just that simple? And, um, I've just kind of been living there the last couple of weeks. As weird as it sounds, my life has completely changed. I couldn't be more blessed. And so I'm interested in all of this. I'm like, well, what, what's that Gandhi book said? I'm going to have to download this now when I get off my home trick and audible. Man, that's like, that's my jam. Yeah. The guy's born in like 18 something, 1860, 1870, which I didn't realize. So you're reading like this book from a guy and he's talking talking about his life, you know, like growing up in India in 1871 or whatever. So it's pretty wild. Uh, what, kind of, what, what kind of childhood did Gandhi even have? What is that like? Well, it's interesting. Like his dad was like the, his dad was kind of in government, but in India, it's such a huge country. They have like 
a ton of different governments. I guess like America, lots of local governments. And so his dad was kind of high up in the government, very spiritual, very religious man. And Gandhi was just this crazy, like, good boy, you know, just had like really high morals. And the way he talks about it, he just like was super, super high morals, you know. I just always wanted to do the right thing and always wanted to be the guy that was like, you know, wanted to be a great son to his parents. And when his dad was on his deathbed, his uncle woke him up and said, your father died in the night. And he was devastated that he wasn't the one mm. nursing his father to his death. You know, his uncle was the one that nursed him. And he was like, damn, you know, I should have been there for my dad. Like he just, wow. you know, and he's like eight or whatever. So he had this like incredibly high level of. Empathetic, yeah. Yeah, but just uh, just like uh, high values, like really yeah. strong values of wanting to be a good person. So yeah. what, does he talk about that all in his book? Because I know in the Indian like culture that they believe that there's like a hierarchy coming back in certain life based on karma or what you do. Does he talk about any of that? Like, yeah. like how did he end up being the man? Like, did he do a lot of goodness past life or something? I'm not sure. I'm only just in, I'm in his childhood at the moment. So I'm just in okay. the first okay. quarter of the book. But so you, you said, you've, you know, your whole life's changed in the last couple of weeks. But from yeah. the time that I've been following you, your life seems to change like every few weeks. Like 100%. it's been an intense couple of years for you. Yeah. So it's interesting. What does it say? July 17th or mm. July 17th? And so literally two years ago today, two years ago on this day, from now I actually, I live downtown San Diego, not, not too far from where I live, coincidentally. I went to my very first ever event, like ever. Like I've never been to an, an entrepreneur event or conference ever in my life. I had been bartending for like 13 years and I've been like bartending for like 13 years and I uh, always wanted to do my own thing and never got started doing it. And so I kind of started doing like drop shipping online like four years ago. And I kind of started doing like white labeling stuff, but this didn't seem to fit. And then this guy got a hold of me. I don't want to say got a hold of me, but this guy got a hold of me and he, he talked me into basically coming to his event. So I paid 300 bucks to go to this three-day event. So that was only two, two years ago. And that's, that's when I literally discovered entrepreneurship. I didn't know what a mentor was. At 34 now, I was whatever then, 33, 32, whatever. I know it sounds crazy, but I just didn't understand. I heard mentors and entrepreneurs, I just didn't get it. And so now I have this whole entire world open to me. I'm like, oh my God, wait a second. You're telling me that I can work myself to freedom. And I know for a lot of blue collar guys that grew up like me, you know, working in factories and on farms and like our identity was always based on what we can do, never on who we are. There was no, no identity of who I am. It's just what I can do like a hammer. And so for me, when I found out about entrepreneurship, it was like, oh my God, I can change my life. And all I have to do is just work harder than everybody else. And so that's what I did for four years. I set out and I worked harder. But what I found out in this world, which is not actually, it's not that interesting. It's not that surprising now that I understand that everything's energy, but the harder you work, the less you get. Like when you're really truly just working as hard as you can, and it's just nothing but resistance in your life, you're only going to get resistance. And I didn't know that back then. And so it just led to this burnout. And so to answer your question, you go, well, it seems to be always changing because two years ago, I realized is that the more I learn, obviously the more that we earn, right? And all I have to do, all I have to do is learn as fast as I can about the things that I want to learn about. And I just learn from somebody that's already accomplished what it is that I want to accomplish and I can get to where I want to go faster. And so now why it seems like I've done so much in two years is because I have. Because two years ago, I showed up in a room and go, hey, what's up, guys? I don't know shit, but uh, I'm willing to learn. So teach me. And that like that vulnerability of going, I don't know anything, but I want to be the best teach me has allowed me to acquire information very quickly. And so now people will say that. They go, Marshall, why is it every single time I see you, it's like, oh, this my life's changed this week. I'm like, because I set an intention every single morning I wake up to have my life changed. Like I wake up creating space and allowing energy to go, look, I am the very best at this and I'm the worst at this. So like, and, and everybody I meet, whether it's an encounter at the grocery store, at the bank line or this right now, I realize that everything in my life is a little mini consult and I can take all this information that I like, look at, like, how does Nathan run his podcast? How does he conduct himself? What, how does he talk? What's his pacing? Whether it, it's something I can turn into dollars or not, it's all stuff that I can analyze. It's part of what I believe I'm creating as my, my reality. And so that's the thing I'm really excited about is I want more people to get excited about their life changing. I want it to not be weird where people are like, dude, why is your life changing so much? I want it to be like, people to be like, yo, bro, Nathan, like, you haven't said anything about your life changing this week. Like, is everything okay? Why can't that be the norm? And obviously I'm a high energy guy. That's a little bit extreme compared to most people. But I really truly believe that if we could, everybody could just focus on feeling good, which starts with unity, which we were talking about, and just a collective consciousness and, and just feeling good and being a good person. I think the world's going to change a whole lot. And I think that that 
old thing where people go, oh, we only use 10% of our brains. Do I wonder what the other 90% could do. I think that we are going to start to move back to a very enlightened and awakened state. And we're going to start to see some real, I don't know if we will ever see it, right? But I think that humanity might start to see some really, really cool things. Or maybe Mother Nature will decide that she's tired of us trying to kill her and she'll just wipe us all out. Who knows? Start over. Well, I think about that a lot. You were talking about like what, what happens after we die. I think about what happens after humans. Like if there are no humans on Earth, there are no animals on Earth, so there's no consciousness. Does Earth right. even exist? Well, dude, there's got to be like that's that consciousness can't like we can't explain it. Like there's no physical matter anywhere that has life. Yeah, we do. Yet there's physical matter that seems to have some kind of a consciousness that comes into it. And so I can't imagine there's ever a time when consciousness chooses not to experience and not to love you. Like, you know what I mean? I think that like, that's the whole thing. Like consciousness was probably just chilling and was like, I can't go left. I can't go right. I can't go up or down. I guess I'll go bang or whatever happened. Right. And so, yeah, I'm fascinated with this too. What happens to consciousness when we die? Do we come back like that? Do I go to sleep and then wake up? Do I hang out and get to choose where we go? Is there another dimension? Is there an energy that I like in the Indian culture, like a Buddha, right? Do, do I, do you get to such an enlightened state where you no longer come back to the earth and you're just pure love and energy? Like, who knows? But like, I don't know. There's, if I'm being very honest, this whole thing started in March when I took a psilocybin, my first ever psilocybin journey. And I came back from that. I was like, oh my God, this is nothing like I thought it was. And so I'm fascinated with consciousness now and just really being able, and for lack of a better term, being able to manipulate this game. I don't feel like we were put here to have anything less than exactly what we want. And um, I'm fascinated with that now. Consciousness, energy, and I've done all the other stuff. I've invested all the money. I've made lots of money. I've done all the business things. Like I've done that. I haven't made millions of dollars yet, but I'm more interested with falling in alignment and not pushing the car uphill anymore and just get it, just set my car and just letting it go downhill, like with no resistance, right? I think that's the secret. Yeah. I'm so with you on that. Like I've, I've been finding myself and building a new project at the moment and I keep going to just do it all myself or like, go, and I keep going, eh, stop. Like the minute it feels hard, like I'm, I'm going about it the wrong way. Like I got to just take a deep breath. Ask who, not how. That's my mantra. Who can Ooh, help I me? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Ask yeah. How. Yeah, I stole it from someone, so I'm not going to claim it. But, That's okay. Um, I stole yeah. it from Russell Brunton. <laughs> I love that. I love it. It to me <laughs> I love it. Yeah, ask who, not how. And go, well, if I, you know, if I was to, you know, I'm happiest when I'm creating. When I'm creating, yeah. when I'm in conversation, you know, when I'm, uh, when I'm coaching, when I'm inspiring, when I'm thinking big, just getting creative with people, that's when I'm happiest. So if I'm sending out invoices, if I'm writing emails, if I'm scheduling people, you know, I'm in the wrong place. And even if I'm, you know, I love creating something and starting something. So even if I'm trying to maintain something, I'm kind of out of my genius. So yeah, just trying to figure out who, not how, who can help me, you know, how to make that viable. Anyway, it's an exciting proposition. I, well, well, no, no, I, I, not anyways. Like, I think that's really important, dude, because like, I think that, that that is like part of the answer. I think there's guys like you and I doing the same thing, but there's nobody that's talking about about that. There's nobody talking about the second it feels hard, I stop because everybody else is going, no, bro, don't be, don't be a little bitch. Like you got to push on hustle, grind like 51, 49, man in the dirt. Like, yes, like, yes, but, but it doesn't come from forcing it. Like that kind of action naturally comes when you feel inspired because you're in alignment. Like yet you don't just get to sit around and go, Oh, I want money, 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 money. No, you sit around and you feel, what is that feeling I have to feel to feel great? And once you do that, that energy is what allows that next thought to come, which becomes that desire, which turns into inspiration. And I know that you know this, but I don't think it's like, anyways, I think it's like, bro, shout that from the top of the roof. Lead every podcast off with what you're creating because more men need to know about this. And not just men, but I work with men. So it's just my dialogue, but there is, there's more men that need to know that, you know, language is screwing us up. It's screwed us up. It's, it's taught us not to listen to who we are. It's taught us, oh, when you feel tired, drink coffee. When you can't get it up, take a pill. Like there's so much that can be, that can be fixed by just getting in tune with who you are, actually listening to you, how you feel, right? And, and going from there. And so I love what you're about, dude. I think, I think that's a great mission. How, how is that? What's that look like for you? What, what are you pushing towards that mission with? Ah, uh, like uh, the specifics of the project? Yeah. Well, this highly top secret but seeing we're, oh, okay. in this, seeing we're in this confidential closed uh-huh. container and it's just you and I I'll share it with you but like I said my creative energy is where can I put my energy to have the biggest impact to yeah. help the world you know and so my next project is how do I like I'm a conduit I'm a great conduit I'm a great connector I'm a great facilitator I'm a great curator so how do I bring the greatest minds together and just facilitate that in a way so okay. that we just have like an exponential impact 
because anytime, like anytime I've been in the right room with the right people, everything has become exponential. And so I want to take responsibility for creating my version of that and creating exponential impact in the way I want to create it with the people I want to create it with. So it's looking at that. So it's going, uh, okay, so I've been talking to lots of virtual assistants and like getting really cool VAs on board and just, yeah, just talking to lots of cool people that want to like get on that. It's a pretty easy project to sell to people. Like when you say, hey, I'm changing the world and I'm looking to get a bunch of cool people together. People are like, yeah, how can I help? This is, right. this is like a dream project. So it's cool. You get to have a bit of a bit of a pick at who you choose to come with Dude, you. That, that's so wild, too. And how long have you been doing this? This is, I've just kind of gone into a really creative mode. So for me, business is a bunch of sprints and then rest, sprint and then rest. So I kind of came out of a sprint about a month ago, ended some stuff that was taking a lot of time, had some clients complete. And so I've had a lot of creative space. And so probably been the last month or so where I've just been pouring all my creative energy into this. Well, what about entrepreneurship in general? Or like, what about, have you always been an entrepreneur? Or were you an employee before? Or I started washing cars for $20 each when I was about nine or ten that was my first business uh my brother who oh, is God. my brother who's here saying ha i love it marshall uh my brother and i started a uh, fish and chip restaurant in new zealand about 12 years ago ran that for a couple of years learned a ton and uh yeah i've been in in, in the personal development world for about five years but i was uh, an airline pilot for 15 years before that so yeah, so I kind of did all this alongside it, and, and then it's, it's it's coming up on my two year anniversary in the next day since I left flying. So it's wow. like a pretty pretty cool moment for me coming up. How do you feel about that? Oh man, never better. Yeah, never better. Yeah, never better. learned a lot, learned a ton, you know. But feeling, you know, got a few battle scars, but feeling feeling good about it, you know, feeling yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's nothing else I'd rather do. I, I could never give the freedom back now. Like I love the freedom of yeah. getting to choose what I do. Like when I get up in the morning. I get to choose how my day goes. I get to choose who I talk to, the impact I make. Oh, I just couldn't cool. imagine having somebody schedule my life again at this point. You're, you're so right. I came out the bedroom the other day and I just kind of, I looked at my girlfriend and I just kind of stopped my foot. I was like, I don't have anywhere to be today. Like even after like all these years, it's still, I, I still wake up and you're absolutely right. It's just like, I cannot imagine what it'd be like not to just completely be in control of my day. And, um, I think that's one of the funnest things about what, what guys like you and I get to do. Like you said, the very simplest, however, whatever tool it is that we are using, I think that, you know, I, you'd probably agree too. the fact that to be able to give another person that knowledge or that experience to be able to free that's themselves. Insane. To, it's insane, dude. Like it's a, I call it the helper's high, right? Like I'm addicted to it. I'm like, I used to be addicted to drugs and now I'm addicted to like helping people because selfishly, I love the feeling it makes me feel. And, um, Man, this is making me realize I need to start a podcast. How long have you had a podcast going? Uh, two and a half years. Oh, come yeah. on, man. You're pushing it everything. Thanks, man. Yeah, no. I, uh, someone said to me at the start, it was a guy called Leo Balbada who runs Zen Habits, which is one of the biggest blogs on the internet for the last 10 years. Wow. And he said to me, if you want to start something creative, whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast, you have to be able to do it at least once a week for the next three to five years or don't bother starting. Don't even bother getting into it. Wow. And I was like, man, that's great. So I just was like, cool, I'm going to commit to 100 episodes and just, I don't care. And I mean, highs, lows, motivation comes, goes, but it's that commitment that's yeah. like dragged me through it. So 87, you're, you're 13 now, like you're not even 12. Closing in, on it, man. Closing in on it. So, so the 100 is going to be do? interesting. Do you, uh, you have to reveal, but do you have an idea? At least? I mean, are you leaning one way? What's the masses? Hey, actually, if you guys idea. are watching this right now, comment below if you guys are watching this, whether it's live run replay and tell Nathan, should he keep it after 100 or should he not keep it after 100? Keep it or dump it. Nah. Keep it or dump it. Keep it or dump it. I love it. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I got big plans. I got big okay. plans. Yeah. Okay. I'll 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 look scary with that. We're gonna. I can't tell you all my secrets. I've given you. I to leave a little bit. Of <laughs> something I want to ask you. Something I want to ask you is. Uh, it just came up before when I was thinking, and just this idea of kind of slowing down and not forcing it, not driving uphill all the time. Mm-hmm. One thing I've been really present to recently is I'm so fucking strong that I can just kind of plow through things, and like I, it takes a lot to knock me over, and I yeah. think that can be the biggest problem. Is I'm so willing to like keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And yeah. because I kind of can, I do. Yeah. And so it's for me, it's going, hey, stop pushing. We, I get it. Like I can do everything myself if I have to. I've been a one-man band for five years. I can do that. But is that the best way to do it? Is that, 
You know, why, right. why don't you just allow yourself to relax a little bit, get some help? And you I know, know you've a lot of men. I'm sure this is common. Yeah, well, dude, it is the common thing, and that's that's literally like that's it. Like that, I these I, four months ago, I went through burnout, and I didn't even realize I was going through it until I'd already kind of started to come out the back end of it. And when somebody in my community was like, "Hey, I'm super glad to see that you're out of your burnout." This older lady, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "Shannon, I I was burnt out the last four months," and she's like. Oh my gosh, you were. And that's the thing with guys like you and I is, and there's a lot of us, right? That as men, we're, again, we're a lot of us as boys, especially if we were in sports or anything, we're glor- the only time that we get glorified or noticed is when we're performing in sports or performing something physical. And so quickly now our identity and confidence becomes, what is it, the physical thing that I can do? And so now that identity becomes rooted in, okay, well, the more action I do, the harder I work, the more things I can do. And so we start to bury all those emotions, those indicators. We don't care because we are always so good at what we do that by working harder, we can have more. Well, it makes sense and I get it, but they're to a certain point. Like Grant Cardone is a very interesting thing to me, right? I think about how skilled Grant is and how skilled somebody like Gary Vee is. And I wonder at what magnitude they could create at if they had less resistance in their life. Because look at how much they're creating right now by creating a massive amount of resistance in their life of hustle, 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 go, 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 work, work, work. And so for me, the one thing I keep finding telling to my men is the same thing we've been talking about this whole entire time, dude, is like, it's not about having your identity about what you can do. So having your identity about who you are, you're not just a provider. Like as men, like that's one of the things, like we feel like we have to go earn the money. We have to go provide it's security. That's all we're good for. Like, you know what I mean? And so, but it's so much more than that. And so what I've noticed is that a lot of us, because of that, especially when we get into entrepreneurship, which only highlights that singularity, that what that solopreneur, as those men, we it's not that we don't want to ask for help. We just we can't fathom asking for help because we don't even know how to build those pathways because it doesn't make any sense. Why would I ask you to do it when I can just do it myself and get it done 15 times quicker and done right? Which yes, logically makes sense, but it doesn't make any sense. And that's where we lose all that, all that life, all that fun in life. And so when I meet a lot of the guys that I work with, you know, the things that they want is just to talk to another guy about the fact that they're struggling with their girlfriend, or they just want to say, Hey, yo, I'm bleeding money in my real estate business. and not trying to plug it. Like we want to admit these things, but because of that male locker room way that we grew up, it's like, well, I don't want to go in there and let these guys know that I'm like, I'm sucking at this because they might make fun of me or, or I'm less of a man, even though everybody in the circle feels the same way. And that's all of society. And so that's what I'm really focused on is is yes, let's all work hard and stuff, but how can we as men, especially like guys with platforms like you and I, how can we step up to the plate and create that space where, where we go, look guys, like, I, yeah, I've done a hundred episodes of podcasts and a lot of you guys want me to keep it, but it's just not feeding my soul right now and I got to let it go. So I want you guys to know that it is okay to change your direction, that things will be like, whatever the message is, there's just not enough people that are standing up and saying how they're feeling. And um, I think that more men and more people in general just want connection to be able to open up. And so- I'm fascinated with that. I'm fascinated with building tribes, like you said. How did how did these guys, Martin Luther King, how did they make these movements? That's where I'm at. Like, how do they get all of those people to rally like that? And not because I want the notification, I want the notoriety, but because I just want to generally help people. And how do you help the masses like that? So yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm trying to crack the code. That's a secret I haven't figured out yet. So you remind me of uh, like this week. So I had that. Epic thing I said in the intro. I went to Stephen Colby at the Late Show. Oh Peak yeah, state moment for me. Like just so, uh, just so many amazing things about that that, that I loved. Just and just I couldn't stop smiling. I went for two and a half hours of taping. I smiled the whole time. Um, and I don't know if you know the concept of upper limiting from the Big Leap. Uh, Gay, Gay Hendricks, he talks about upper limiting where we have a limit to how much happiness we allow ourselves. And as soon as oh. we exceed that limit, if we, things are going really well, we have to find a way to sabotage and bring ourselves back down. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so funny. So I have this peak state moment on Monday night. Couldn't be happier. Definitely top three moments of my life. I wake up the next morning, grumpy, oof, angry. Just, right. you know, get out of bed. I'm kind of feeling shitty. Uh, it's terrible. And I got a day full of calls. I had five sessions with clients all day. And the old me that pops up occasionally that you're talking about with a lot of men is I don't want anybody to see that I'm grumpy, that I'm angry, especially my clients. Right. I don't want anybody to see that I have weakness, that I'm struggling, that I have work to do. So I was so present to it. So the challenge I took on was I'm going to tell this, I'm going to tell every client today exactly how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. How did so, it go? I bet the I bet I bet the response was overwhelmingly good, wasn't it? Well, 
always, you know, this is oh. a hilarious thing about this kind of vulnerability is the response is always great, uh, but your mind won't tell you that. But uh, yeah, well, first time I did it, I said, look, I'm super grumpy. I'm not feeling good today. You know, it's hilarious. I had this amazing night last night. Now, you know, my mind's trying to convince me that my life is terrible. And by the fifth call <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm laughing about it. Energized, yeah. Yeah. I'm going, God, yeah. it's so funny. I was feeling really grumpy this morning and I've said it out loud so many times and shared it that it's it's all the energy's out of it. Yeah. I hope that for the people that are listening, I hope that they don't skip over like how massive that is. And and what I mean by that is that because I, I Nathan, you probably know I'm huge on vulnerability. Like that's my number one thing. Like I'm like vulnerability for the win. It's changed my life. And so I think it's very interesting because I, I, I feel like a lot of people who move into the entrepreneurship world, especially as men, we try to posture. We have that mask on. It's image of who we have to be because we have to be professional. And we, and we can't hurt our brand and we don't want to weaken our brand. And like you literally just said and admitted, the more that you told it, one, the better you started to feel, right? Like Jay-Z says, revealing is healing. But it also makes you relatable to your client. So they don't want... It's intimidating if your clients that get on the phone and know that you just that you're making X amount of money a year and you're doing these big things, you got this thing. What makes it cool is they go, oh, you still have bad days. So it's impossible for me, somebody like me who feels just like me to have what you're doing. And I just think it's the most powerful thing that when you create that space for your clients. And so anybody that's listening to this, like if you guys are talking about making content, what you should talk about, how to talk to your clients, like, dude, it's like Nathan just said, just tell them how it is. Oh man, hey guys, I'm making this video today. I tried to make it yesterday. I did it for five hours. I was so freaking mad. I couldn't get it right. And so this video is probably terrible too, but I just wanted you guys to know that I'm committed to it. I'm logging off now because it's frustrating, but I showed up and did it. I'll be better tomorrow. And people will respond to that because everybody feels the same way. And so um, I think that's amazing. I think you should tell that story more. That's a really good story, especially if you have a peak state moment. Because I, I know that you probably agree is that when we were able to drop into meditation and really focus on that feeling that was created in those peak state moments, it really shifts to state management. For something, for example, I mean, the horseback riding thing, it was transformational. I didn't have any idea it was going to be like, even the guy invited me, he kind of knew he's a coach that does this kind of coaching through horses. But there's something about being on the back of a 1500 pound animal that's moving at 30 miles an hour that makes you be 1000% fully present. And when you're so scared, you know that excitement is just like fear. I mean, excitement and fear are almost that same thing. And so once you have all this jumble of fear and excitement and total surrender and acceptance of feel of that life force and that's like, that's where that magic comes from. And so it, it comes from, you know, being able to be that leader that, that becomes vulnerable and draws that back towards you. And for me, by stepping up and just sharing those peak state moments and remembering what it feels like to feel good, I'm able to move through those scary times and those, those things where I'm not clear. Because again, I just, I know it sounds woo-woo to those that don't do this, but when you can find that one moment in your life, you can close your eyes and remember how unstoppable you felt or how great you felt in that one moment. Just sit in that for 30 seconds, for a minute, three, five minutes. Just sit there and feel it. Try to close your eyes and feel it and then get up and go. You guys will be amazed at how much, how empowered you feel from something just like, just a little exercise like that. It's a, a definition of leadership too. You know, like a, we, we have a lot of these outdated definitions of leadership where it's like, it's kind of like a military style where, you know, you should be at the top, you should be the leader, you should show no weakness, you should be the one that knows more than everybody else. Right. It's this kind of outdated thing. And so what my coach taught me or invited me to look at is, hey, you get to lead however the f, f you want to lead. Right. And so the way I choose to lead is to be super playful. Yeah. Uh, not pretend that I know all the answers, show my weakness, be a student instead of a leader, ask lots of questions, be curious, constantly open to learning. And so that's that's how I choose to lead. Is it natural? Is that what I want to do? No, like it feels super uncomfortable. And if I don't notice, I'll drift back to the old style, trying to hide everything and make everything look like I've got my shit together. But yeah. I really connect to, hey, what's the type of leader I want to be? That's what it is. I love that. And that's what so many people miss. It's like making, how do I make a lot of money, right? You're like, you're telling me I want to be the better leader. So what I'm going to do is all the anti-leadership stuff. I'm going to do everything that leaders don't do, right? Which is really what it, what it becomes about. It, with not People are like so focused on being a leader that they think all these things they have to do and represent to other people to, to be the leader. It's like, no, that's not leadership. Leadership can be mean being vocal or not, but leadership means being the, the guy or the gal that shows up and does the action that needs to be taken, right? And so I love that you say that about leadership because I think that is what leadership is. I think that leadership's been backwards for way too long. And I think it's the same thing with making money. People go, well, I need to make a bunch of money, right? 
Well, no, like getting up and doing the right thing every day, a byproduct of that is leadership. Getting up and creating impact from a space where you feel great and inspired, money is a byproduct of that. And so when we start to look at all of these things in the universe, it's all the same thing. It's the details are different, but the structure of everything is the act is the exact same. And I think that once people start to figure this out, that it's really going to change the world. And so I love where we're talking. I love talking about consciousness. I love talking about helping people because I just like, I think it's a really interesting concept when you start thinking about, and I'd love to get your opinion. I know we're going to run out of time before we can get into all of this, but um, you know, when it comes to consciousness, it's interesting how you feel about you, the way that I feel about me and the way that whoever's watching this feels about them. Like we all feel the same, like I am me and you are you. So how is it that we could all feel the exact same, but all be different? Like it's not, that's not possible. Right. And so when we're talking about consciousness. It's like, well, who's aware that I'm thinking. And when we start going, okay, well, what does all that matter? Well, really then when we've heard everything's connected and we all are one, like, wouldn't that really be the same? Because if when Nathan gets his feelings hurt and it feels the same as when I get my feelings hurt and whether it was through a breakup or losing a job or somebody was just mean to you, it still feels the same. And so in this society, how do we as leaders get vulnerable, stand up, admit the things that aren't going good, but let people understand that it's okay to get back in touch with their feelings. Because once we start to feel again, then we can start to connect again. And once we're feeling and connecting, now we're talking about raising consciousness at a global level where who knows what happens. And again, maybe this is just some hippie crap where I'm like, oh yeah, like this is the utopia. Like, I don't know, but the science behind all that makes sense the more science I learned, the more spirituality I learned. I'm realizing that, that, you know, it was spirituality maybe in the beginning, who knows, but the church had its shot for a real long time. That wasn't the answer. And now you see a lot of really, really smart people who are taking science and spirituality and putting them together and going, oh, wow, look what happens in the universe when we focus on energy and creating good energy around us from holding the door open to somebody to being honest with your clients about how you feel to whatever, like, I don't know. Just don't think it's that hard, but how do you know what you don't know? What's love? Yes. That's it. What do you think it is, love? Love. Well, I went on my mushroom trip. I realized that everything was, that nothing mattered. I thought I was dying of cancer when I, I went, when it happened. I didn't tell anybody. And um, so I, the first like hour and a half, it was just terrible. And then I got to this place where I realized that I don't, there's a, this is even longer story, but I just realized that nothing matters. And for about an hour and a half in this journey, I just had this very unique feeling that literally nothing matters. Like it doesn't matter if I could live the biggest, most infinite life ever. I could be Martin Luther King times 20 and it does not matter. And then at the very end of it, all of a sudden I realized, I don't know what it is, but I just dropped in. It was an overwhelming feeling that I just knew that the only thing in this entire world that mattered was love. And so that was it. And so when I came back, the reason uh, for those who've been following my content, I went kind of crazy the last four months. It was because I realized, I came back realizing that I have infinite power to be anything that I want. And that it's all driven by love. But I didn't love myself yet. So I was drowning, Nathan, like just trying to stay above because I had built this huge business. I just made my clients over a million dollars last year from speaking. Like, what are we talking about? And just like Marshall does his entire 34 years, what's he do the second he has major success? Chop that mother down. Nope, surely that's not for me. Sabotage city. And so I did that. And so again, I, I was to this point where I, I came back and I realized everything was infinite. I came back from this journey, this this trip, this mastermind, this business I just burnt down and I didn't feel connected to anything. And I realized that nothing that I built mattered. And I was like, well, how do I find love? And so I just doubt dove in like I did head first to everything I do. And I started learning more about self-love. And wouldn't you know that it feels pretty good to feel good about yourself, which I didn't know because I was never taught that I feel good about myself because my stepdad told me I was a worthless piece of crap every day for my life. And then wouldn't you know that's what I attracted all of my 20s because my program said you're a worthless piece of crap. So I got the worst jobs and I got the worst luck in those jobs and I got in the worst relationships and I only had the worst friends. And all of a sudden one day I just decided little by little not to, not to say that, not to do that. And it's hard and most people do it and they're met with resistance and they go, oh, yep, I was right. I do suck. And so, yeah, I think it's love, dude. I think that that's where, I think that this whole journey that you and I have been on, because obviously you and I are at the leading edge with people like us who are willing to go put ourselves for who knows why we're doing this because we feel called to. And I think that this is what leadership is, whether it's a podcast, whether it's speaking, coaching, like there's no right or wrong way to do it. However, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this, I think the way to do it is to figure out what does love mean to you? How can you figure out how to love yourself? And then once you do that, how can you find those few moments that were your peak state moments 
and use those moments to string together enough times when you start to create good energy until you trick yourself into just feeling good all the time like I do. And then you're obnoxiously positive and people will be like, what is that? What is this guy on? But you can, you can live life like this. I'm not saying it's always going to be good. Like, like you said, bro, you know, you wake up some mornings, it's not great, but you're right back at it the next day. And I think that it's love. And so I think as leaders, that's what we're supposed to do. And I'm on a journey to figure out how to make people love each other. I haven't figured it out quite yet, but I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> what are some of the things that work for you? Because I think it's, uh, like you said, you, you've discovered this belief that you're a worthless piece of crap. And yeah. you kind of, I guess, you know, in my experience, people start to then slowly separate themselves from that belief and see it for what yeah. it is takes time, but what, what's your experience been? What's, what are your practices around that? Well, so just to stay respectful of the time, I'll go through this quick. I mean, I don't know what you have after this, but so when it comes to this, for me, it's a really overarching thing of understanding what it is that we have the opportunity to create or where fear comes from. So first off, I'm a science-based dude. I've always been like, show me the proof. I don't care. I used to be atheist, right? And so I'm like, okay, well, what's the science behind fear? So we know, Nathan, that when an event happens in our life, there's a chemical reaction. And because we are wired for flight or fight to survive, when we fear something, we are, the, the natural response is to, to stay or to go, right? And so when I know that that happens, an event happens in our life, usually in childhood, and a chemical response happens, I feel fear and emotion. And then if I got a result in that event that I didn't like, that is time stamped in my brain as a memory. And now that is my belief until I no longer believe that. And so what happens, I find for me, is understanding that every time in my life, that something happens that I don't like, there's a chemical reaction that's happening that's making me feel fear. Okay, cool, I got that. And so now I go, okay, well, what's the energy then? How can I change the energy around actually the mechanism that, that is different, right? Because a belief is just a thought that you're having in a pattern. Thought of patterns becomes a belief. And I go, okay, well, cool. If, if I can just change the thought around whatever I'm thinking up here, because I believe that chemically fear can be excitement. And then you just do a bunch of the deep work. This is the science behind me going, okay, well, I understand how fear works. I understand where it comes from. So literally I got to change the story. Cool. Way more to it than that. But how do I then change the story? I just choose to tune to a different frequency. It's about surrounding yourself with people who know the answers. It's about learning from people who've already been there. And you have a choice to believe things the way that you want to see them. If something's already been done and it's already happened, then I know it's possible. And so for me, I know that I believe I'm great. And Nathan, I know you believe you're great. And I know that Alex and Jason and all these people, believe, we all believe we're great. Like Hitler didn't, Hitler didn't think he was bad. Like we all think there's something inside of us all where we think that we're right and we're great, right? And so if we all feel great, then what is keeping us from tapping into that greatness besides fear and past events that wired us, the neurons that wire together, fire together, or fire together, wire together, right? And so now I go, I've put the science and spirituality behind it to be like, okay, well, I understand that fear is just, it's made up. It's made up from a story that I'm telling myself. And there's a lot more to it. Like I said, I, I'm, because of time, I'm massively simplifying this. And because of that, I, I trust the science and I believe in the fact that I'm the creator of whatever I want. And so it's been a lot of practice, a lot of practice consistently waking up every single morning, this journal goes with me every single morning and writing out all of my daily habits, all of my journals, all of my gratitudes, all of my goals. Every single day, I have changed the pattern. The thought that I have in the morning, I'm in control over it. And I continue to have that same pattern until it becomes my belief. And so I went from thinking I was worthless to being around a bunch of people who told me I wasn't, to starting to believe I wasn't, to doing a bunch of work, working with people like Nathan to figure out how do people love themselves? How do I show up different? And little by little, but people have got to understand that that's the thing. Like we talk about life like it's a journey. Oh, it's a journey. I, I got to get to my thing. The million dollars, like, dude, that's not how life is. What the point of a journey is to get to a destination. If I go, yo, Nathan, I'm going to, the journey is to, is to see you in New York. Well, when I get to New York, the journey's over. That's the destination. There's no destination in life besides death. So I don't understand why people say life is a journey. Life's not a journey. I'm not in a hurry to get to death. When I am with a beautiful girl, I don't grab a beautiful girl to dance and go, okay, we're going to dance. And the quicker this song is over, the better it is. Like, because it's just fast, right? Like you don't play a half a note and you're like, oh, best song ever. Woo! Or you don't like grab the dance partner and go, okay, we're going to head to that destination on the dance floor right over there. You don't do that. You, you listen to the dance to dance, to hear the music, to feel it. But there's so many of us that are in such a rush to some destination. Life is not, not a journey. It's, we're supposed to enjoy the struggle. We're supposed to enjoy the contrast. How could you ever know when you fall into alignment, Nathan, with whatever you're fully meant to do, 
whether this podcast is that or not, how awesome is it going to be when you finally get that thing that's just like, yes, because you know what it's like to do something you don't want to do. And I think that more, more people got to be willing to find the gratitude and thanks in the contrast. Because if you could have everything you wanted, if you could manifest like that million dollars, boom, car, boom, girl, boom, like what life would be so boring. Like that's the fun. It's the, it's the process. It's the journey. It's, it's the dance, right? Yeah. It's who you become. It's like, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's trying to say all these things that we're talking about and not sound cliche, but it's, yeah. you know, it is about staying in the present moment. Like so much as, you know, for me, even when I'm creating, I'm, I'm in the future. I'm trying to create this vision of the future or create this thing. And even that drops me out of the present moment. Yeah. And each moment, all I have is now, like all I have is this experience of you and I, the future doesn't exist. It's going to yeah. look a lot like this, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so you may well, as well just dive fully into this moment. I agree. I mean, that, that's what I tell my people. I mean, the past is gone. It's not a thing. And the future is not real. Like the future never comes. The future never comes. It's never going to be tomorrow. It's always right now. It's right now. It's right now. And again, and again, and now, and now. It's right now. It's right now. It's ne- tomorrow. The future is not a thing. And so you're right. And I think that as entrepreneurs, especially when we start talking about visualization, because I think that visualization is the absolute secret to the law of attraction, right? But what I have found is that it's for creators like me, you have to, you have, oh, look, I have my vision board here, but you have to create, you have to create your time in your calendar. Like if you look at my calendar, I have time that's scheduled for me to sit down and be creative so I can visualize and live in the future because when I'm not in that scheduled time, it's absolutely vital to me then to make sure I'm present because I understand that the law of attraction is very simple. I don't have to do anything to have the things I want. I'm, the universe is legitimately made for me to have anything I want. I have to put in my order. And then my job is to create as little resistance in my life as possible by only feeling good and it'll give it to me. People go, I work in a factory, Marshall. How do I get a million dollars? I don't know, but if you put your order in and you get and you clear all the resistance out of your vortex, you're going to be crazy at the things that string together and that people are so worried, how, 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 I just, I got to squeeze onto the how, how's it going to work? How, sure, dude, it's not designed that way. Put in your order and then sit back and chill and you're going to feel the inspired action you're supposed to take that's going to create the, the results that you want. And so I'm obsessed with that. And um, I, I, my mission is I think that I'm going to be the first guy to, to document law of attraction live. Like, I know it's crazy, bro. I know it's crazy, but I'm like, I'm telling people, I'm like, give me like, just, just give me like 45 more days. And I promise you, I'm going to go live on a Monday and I'm going to go, okay, guys, somebody tell me what they want me to put in an order for something crazy that I absolutely cannot make happen. And then I'm, I'm, by Friday, I'm going to show people, I'm like, boom, law of attraction. I'm going to do it over and over again. And then we're going to change the world, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I, I, to me, like I love crazy things because, like you know, I, I can tell you by the end of reading Gandhi's book or reading Martin Luther's, book, that they weren't doing ordinary things. They no. were doing things. They were creating creative time. They were, you know, having they were doing things different. Like if you want to get different results, you're going to have to have a different experience of life. Yeah. You're going to have to do things different to most people if you want to have different results. Dude, we're going to wrap up in a second. Guys, What's your crazy thing? What is my is crazy, crazy thing? My crazy thing is to turn this into a TV show. Come on, bro. I got like Netflix or something? Yeah, Netflix, YouTube, cable, whatever. Okay, bro. Speaking of existence, write it down. So if anybody's watching this right now who's a fan of Nathan, who has any connections at Netflix, Amazon, or, or knows the steps to get shows like this turned into Amazon shows, reach out to Nathan uh, and, and let us know. And I'd be interested in too how to get a show onto Netflix. And so I want to put my journey to Kofifi on there. So if anybody can help Nathan or I out, reach out and... Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can co-host it. There you go. Boom. Well, at least at least like a travel channel one, like a special, like <laughs> Flintstones meet the Jetsons, right? That's just- <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be the Jetsons. I'll be uh, George. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be Fred. I'm a hard arm. You can be my child. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool, man. Hey, hey, who are you looking for? Who do you want to help? Who, who can uh, yeah, yeah, man. reach out to you yeah. and how can they find you? I would love, I would love to help any other men who are kind of like, uh, who are like me, who've got a big mission, big goal, but they're really feeling stuck, feeling fearful of taking action. Just want to get us brothers together and, uh, you know, create a safe space for, I, I keep saying the alpha male to heal and connect and grow. Uh, but other than that, man, you can just find me right here, Marshall Gillen uh, on Facebook or, or Instagram or any platform. And uh, I pretty much am just hanging out in board shorts uh, somewhere around San Diego, working from my phone or my computer. So I'm pretty easy to get a hold of reach out to me. I'd love to connect and uh, give you some energy. Final question. Uh, I know there's a note here to talk about uh, suicide 
And the last question I ask every guest is, what is your dark side? And how have you learned to embrace the dark side? You know, yeah, well, unfortunately, this would be a whole other hour. But um, my, the secret to my success is that I've learned to turn my mess into my message. And so a lot of us shy away from the fact of what we've been through because of guilt or shame or embarrassment. And so when I tried to kill myself, uh, when I was 23, I didn't tell anybody because I was embarrassed. And then four years later, my very best friend in the world killed himself. And he never even knew that I tried to do that. And so I started to wonder, well, what would it have been like if I had just admitted my story and started to talk about the darkest things ever? And so I'll leave you guys, Errol, listeners with this. Most people think that we have to have a million dollars or this big business or the fancy proof to prove uh, what, what it is that you're trying to overcome. And what I always say, in a world where everybody's sitting down, desperately looking around for one person to stand up and just tell us all what to do, just be the leader who raised their hand and says, F it, that stands up and goes, all right, I'll go first. This is what I did. Because what Nathan, what we've got to realize is that there's 8 billion people in the world. Our mission is to simply save the old us. Like be today, you need to be today who Nathan needed last year and who Nathan needed five years ago and 10 years ago. And same thing for me, like 10 years ago when I wanted to kill myself, I would have given anything for me today to make that one video, to launch that podcast, to start that business, to take that one action. Cause there was nobody, there was nobody there for me, nobody. And I tried, I wanted to kill, I tried to kill myself when I was 20. I wanted to kill myself since I was 13, 13 year old boy wanted to kill himself. And so now, you know, that darkness, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, cool. I get it. That's my gift. And if I'm the first person that's willing to turn that mess into my message, then I can go out there and let Marshall know that he can overcome it. It's going to be okay. And I'll show you how. And so that's my one thing. Anybody that follows my stuff, um, that mess, turn that into your message and go save the world. Thanks, brother. This has been an amazing hour. Thanks, Thanks for so much for being patient with me and getting me on here, dude. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you guys are checking this out, go subscribe to Nathan's podcast right now and uh, leave a five-star review. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Uh, talk to you again very soon. Later, bro. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you so much for watching. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, there are a lot of amazing messages in there. I'd love for you guys to help me spread the message around because this was a really great interview. And Marshall has so much gold in there that, uh, you know, like he said, a ton of people would benefit from hearing. So if you got something out of this, please share it around. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Let's get the message out there, man. And let's uh, change the world one person at a time. Guys, thanks for watching. I love you. As always, thanks for listening if you're on the podcast version. And I'll be back next week with episode number 88 of The Nathan Seward Show. That was The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life.